All right, it's the Storm Tracker Podcast. I'm Marcus Benjamin here with my guy, Frank Tucker, representing for CanesCounty.com, part of the Rivals Network. Make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. Also, follow us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook as well. So, it's Pancake Day, baby, and that means that Samson Oakland Lola um, is going to make his commitment uh, to Miami from what we are hearing. And that would be Miami's second five-star player to the class and second five-star offensive lineman. So Mario Cristobal and Alex Mirabal definitely doing a tremendous job in recruiting despite losing Connor Liu uh, this week. So that's what we're totally expecting to have, um, barring any any potential surprises here. Uh, it would be a big, big addition uh, to the class and pretty much guarantees Miami a top 10 class and puts them in contention for a top five class and potentially a top three class. So with that addition and with the players left on the board here, Frank, who do you think is next uh, to add to 2023 and just kind of talk about, you know, Samson Open Lola and, and what he brings to 23? Yeah, for next up, I think it's the uh, duo out of American Heritage that continues that pipeline that we failed to capitalize on, um, you know, some for so many years. Um, and, and I think that Mark Fletcher and Damari Brown are next up in this class, two four-star prospects. Mark Fletcher, a top 200 player, uh, you know, a top 15 running back in the country. Damari Brown, uh, you know, a four-star prospect, you know, I think an extremely underrated cornerback in the country. We've seen him lock down pretty much anybody who's gotten in front of his face. Um, so those are two huge additions that are going to continue to push Miami uh, up into the top five and, like you said, potentially into the top three. Uh, and then, you know, just the impact in, uh, of Samson Lola. In my opinion, he's the best offensive tackle in the country. Freak athletic traits. Uh, we, we we know that he is just scratching the surface of his potential, especially playing against the competition that he's played in Massachusetts. Uh, I think that he's a guy that could come in on the opposite side of Francis Malagoa and potentially be uh, a freshman starter. We could have three to four-year starters at offensive tackle at the University of Miami. I don't know if that's ever been done in program history. So this is uh, – you know, it's an exciting, it's an exciting, you know, movement in the program, especially coming off a five-win season. Who would think, after having one of the worst seasons in program history, that Mario Cristobal would be able to turn it around? Go ahead and grab the number two and number three offensive tackles in the country. Potentially grab two top fifteen running backs in the country. Grab a four-star uh, defensive back that Nick Saban literally came down to see his himself at the school yesterday. Um, and, and on top of that, grab, you know, keep Ruben Bain home, the type of players you and I have talked about off screen uh, that Miami has failed to keep home. Right. That, you know, you, you you lose Brandon Ennis, but you get Ruben Bain, who was being recruited by pretty much everybody at the beginning of this process before he started dwindling down his options. Um, you know, a, a borderline top 100 recruit and a guy who has over 70 career high school sacks. So, you know, the impact of Samson. Uh, Okunlola committing is that it's just further proof that Miami is on the right track 
And, you know, despite, you know, some demanded coaching changes from the fan base, things are things are in a solid place right now. Um, and it seems that they're doing the uh, they're doing the, uh, you know, the flip of the roster that they said that they were. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with a ton of guys transferring out. Right. Um, most recently, you had John Campbell who who decided to go into the transfer portal. I think that was a big uh, a surprise uh, for me. Uh, first real starter to uh, of this Miami team to decide to leave the team, but it, this does potentially open up the position, like you said, for freshmen to jump right in there and become starters, which would be, you know, pretty crazy. I mean, that's not the ideal situation that you want to put a freshman in to kind of start – uh, right away, especially on the offensive line, but hey, it is what it is. And and when you got a potential first round draft pick in Samson Okanlola and Francis Malagoa, um, why not get them, you know, playing time right away to kind of get them going? And for Miami to land a Ruben Bain, it it's huge. And a lot of people may be out there saying, well, why wouldn't he? Uh, commit to Miami. I mean, he's a hometown guy, family on the staff, um, former head coach on the staff, yada, 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 right? But how many times has Miami missed on these type of guys? It's been a lot. You know, like you, you mentioned this before on a podcast that Miami missed on a lot of the top guys from South Florida. So Miami fans really need to appreciate that this staff was able to re basically retain uh, Ruben Bain to South Florida because it doesn't happen all the time. Now, when it comes to Damari Brown and Mark Fletcher, though, I am right now I'm on the other side. I don't feel Miami it, like if it was if it was signing if it was signing day today, then I would say that Damari Brown goes to Alabama and that Mark Fletcher goes to Florida. But this is a big, big weekend coming up here now. But what we hear, Cristobal has gone in home to both Fletcher and the Damari Brown um, household, and they are potentially going to get both of those players to Coral Gables this weekend. So we are really going to see how great of a recruiter Cristobal and his staff are because – Right now, they're heavy leads to those schools. And if somehow Miami can flip those two into Miami's favor, then there's nothing that this staff can't do as far as recruiting. Nothing. You know, there's there there's any potential player at this point could be on the table. I mean, I would say Miami could possibly get Arch Manning if they can, if they can get Damari Brown and 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 Mark Fletcher, then a Nicholas Harbor could possibly be on the table as well. It's just the potential of of this staff and recruiting players across the nation knows no bounds at this point if they are able to land a Mark Fletcher and a Damari Brown. Nick Saban personally uh, visited Damari Brown last night as well. Uh, so he 
really wants Brown. Uh, Alabama has that pipeline from American Heritage to Alabama. Um, you know, several guys, including Patrick Sertan Jr., who is now in the league. Uh, they, they have that type of pipeline from Heritage to Bama. So I, it's going to be tough, man. It, it's really going to be tough for Miami to do. But like I said, I wouldn't put it past Chris Ball in this stat. Yeah, I mean, when, when he's when he's flipping kids, um, you know, and, and grabbing five-star offensive tackles, uh, you know, you can't really put it past Cristobal. He's he's making some things happen, and, and I think they're putting a priority, um, same way that Bama is and same way Florida is for Fletcher and Damari Brown. Uh, Devontae Brown, I heard, is someone that they're targeting as well uh, to add to that depth of defensive back. Um, yeah, you know, he's a kid that can play safety. Yeah, he's a kid that can play safety, cornerback, versatile defensive back. Uh, and obviously there's a legacy lineage, uh, you know, for – for Damari and Devontae Brown, right? And, and, you know, the only thing that worries me is is Florida State really causing some issues here, honestly. Not so much Alabama. If Florida State can grab Devontae Brown over Miami, I think that that kind of that kind of takes away some of the, the mystique uh, of De- Damari Brown potentially ending up to Miami, right? Like the idea that you, now you're not going to play with your brother, right, because he's going to, to the rival, Right. And Nick Saban is recruiting you. That could potentially pull him a little bit further to that other side that we don't want him to go. So I, I think that's my biggest worry right there is if Devontae ends up going to Florida State, that could potentially uh, pull Damari away a little bit. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen. I, I, from everything I've heard uh, was that Miami was was pretty gung ho focused on uh, Damari and Devontae. And, and there's reason to right defensive back depth right now is. It's piss poor. It's it's not it's not great. Uh, you know we're we're seeing you know if with Brian Ballum kind of pulling out of the portal, we hope uh, there's only four safeties now that are in the portal. But you had four safeties into the portal. There's not exactly a lot of depth there at defensive back. You know Tyreek Stevenson gone, DJ Ivy gone, right? Like you you you're losing some guys, right? Like Kamari Rogers, right? Like it's just one guy after yeah. the other that we're continuously losing at defensive back. You have to build that up. So I know everybody's going to look at the class and say, oh, we got Cormani McLean. We got Robert Stafford. We got Antoine Jackson, right? Yada, yada, yada. It's still not enough. Same thing at linebacker. Like everybody's talking about, we have four linebackers committed. We're good. No, you need to replace the talent that was there for Manny Diaz's time period. The whole entire purpose of bringing Mario Cristobal was to come completely flip this roster and that is what they're doing and they're going to bring in guys in bunches at positions and I, I think it's the right thing to do yeah I, I'm really impressed with this staff and what they're able to do despite a five and seven record I mean that shouldn't be understated I mean the the fact that they're beating out teams that are you know potentially going to the playoff or you know ranked in the top 10 or or beat us this season, and Miami is still able to beat these teams in recruiting. That shouldn't be understated by one bit. But like I said, back to this weekend, it's a huge weekend for Miami. Um, I heard a potential of 12 visitors will be coming to Coral Gables. So Miami is in position 
to potentially, I think, land a Tumisi Adelier. Um, I think that's that is. Uh, I think Miami's in a good position to get him. Also, Francis Malago, his brother, Francisco Malago. I think Miami's in a great position to land him as well. Miami it does have some interest, uh, you know, with some other Oregon players for, uh, or you could say former Oregon players because they're now in the transfer portal. One being Dante Thornton, who is also scheduled to uh, visit Miami uh, this weekend, along with, you know, Mark Fletcher and, and, and Ruben Bain, uh, Javion Cohen, uh, the Alabama offensive tackle is scheduled to um, you know, be in Miami as well, as well as a five-star, you know, that we're hearing as well at the linebacker position um, could be uh, or is likely to to visit Miami as well. And then we've got uh, also Thomas Gore, uh, the, the talented uh, defensive tackle out of Georgia State. So right there, you, you got seven seven potential guys that will be there. Uh, what we're trying to figure out, you know, well, who are these last, you know, five guys uh, going to be a lot of, a lot of potential names that, that could be uh, visiting as well. Um, if you consider the players that they've offered as of late uh, with that being um, Azarian Alexander, Sean Cox or, or Donovan McMillan, Dorian Singer, Dante Cephas, you know, those are all possibilities. But one name in particular that's really interesting to me that, you know, could be could be a chance that Miami gets is, is Justin Flo. Justin Flo, the former five-star linebacker uh, from the West Coast, was over there at Oregon, is in the portal, along with his brother as well, who can fill a need at that safety position. Like you said, Jonathan Flo, um, as far as depth's concerned, I think that is something that will likely maybe come to fruition as far as, you know, maybe getting uh, flow to, to the campus and, and possibly um, him being in a Miami uniform because that Oregon pipeline is real. And um, um, we also like Byron Cardwell as well at running back to be another one of those Oregon guys. Unfortunately, uh, Seven McGee is off the board, uh, but he is doesn't really seem like he kind of fits the mold of what Miami needs in particular. He's more of a smaller receiver, and I think Miami wants more of a, uh, a, a bigger uh, wide receiver one than of a slot type of guy. Because when you got Ray Ray and you uh, coming in and 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 Robbie Washington, and you already got Xavier Restrepo there. Um, along with Rashard Smith, you kind of stacked at the slot position. So I can see why that kid, um, you know, doesn't end up with the class. Um, he's actually at Jackson State, kind of a surprise for him to go there. Uh, but, you know, just kind of give me your opinion on on this weekend, man, and, and just how big this weekend is as far as, as far as players and uh, who, who gets you most excited uh, for the potential to uh, commit to Miami? Yeah, I, listen, just the weekend is going to be huge. You know, when you get double digit kids um, to, to Miami for a weekend, that's big. Like we talked about the Florida state game, 
right? The, the, the number of prospects that were at that game was huge, even in a loss, right? It still ended up being a positive because you, you still had so many kids that were exposed to South Florida that weren't exposed to South Florida before. We talked to Jarrett Gibson, even after the loss, he was kind of giddy about the idea of coming back down to South Florida. He loved the environment. He liked the people. He liked being around the recruits. He liked the stadium. You're right. Like there was everything that that hit with Jared Gibson hit with a number of other kids. Right. Samson Okanola was down here last for that weekend at, against Florida State. And we're seeing him probably commit today at 430. So there's positives to getting a number of prospects on campus at one time. Not even just for the fact that it's South Florida. Where else would you want to play, right? On the, these yeah. kids being able to talk together amongst each other about the idea of playing together at the University of Miami and making a change uh, in, in what this program has been for the last twenty years. Um, and I think that there are a lot of kids that see that opportunity. You know, I, I kind of mentioned to you like around midseason. If you're gonna lose, lose big, right? Like just. You might as well go all the way down the tube uh, just just to uh, just to show that, hey, listen, if you want to come here, there's a chance to play as a true freshman. And I think there are a lot of kids that see that opportunity. And I think there are a lot of guys in the transfer portal, especially from Mario's former home of Oregon, that are going to see this as an opportunity to come play. Um, and Justin Flo, um, just kind of touching on him after you talked about him, he's super intriguing to me because he was somebody that the fan base was excited about. The coach, the former coaching staff was excited about. Rohan Marley was involved in his recruitment, right? So there was there was the, the legends of the program that were involved. Um, you know, and obviously Cristobal has that prior relationship with Flo. And I, I would love to see him in this class. I think he's the type of linebacker that we need. Um, you know, I think Arizona is definitely a team to watch or here. He's probably taking a visit there. Um, so that that's something to monitor. Um, but, uh, you know, I, obviously we're hearing that there's interest. Um, but overall, man, I think this is going to be a huge weekend. Um, and, and this has got to be the norm going forward. Right. Like when you when we're getting kids on visits, uh, you want it to be of the four and five star quality. You want it to be those instant impact transfer guys. Um, and I think we're going to see that going forward. I think it's going to be a crazy offseason for Miami visit wise as well. I mean, it already started with Jalen Hayward, who we, we just put a report out on how his visit went. Um, and, and they seem to be targeting the right guys. Um, so, you know, and the and the recruits that excite me the most this weekend, it's the Heritage. It's the Heritage duo, man. That 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 duo at American Heritage, I think, is the most important, important piece that they need to get in this 2023 class because you've continued to build the pipeline to Miami Central by grabbing Ruben Bain. Right. And you're pushing for Stan Quan Clark might not happen, but you're still pushing for it, at least. And if you can continue that pipeline to American Heritage, that is another another checkbox that Mario Cristobal has has notched that many coaches prior weren't able to. So I'm, I'm loving loving the fact that they got both guys on campus. Mario, you know, has has done an in home with uh, Mark Fletcher. And uh, it, it seems like there's there's momentum there for me. Yeah, it'd be huge to get those two kids because uh, it would continue that American Heritage pipeline uh, from, you know, that school to Miami. But um, I am not I'm not sure if it's going to happen as of yet. I'm not ready to put out that forecast as of yet for Damari or or Mark Fletcher, because 
to be honest, if, if DeMar really wanted to come to Miami, then why not commit already? You know, uh, so that that's that's my question because y- you know you had your official, um, you know, I I th- I think if he really wanted to come to Miami, he probably would have committed already. So that's why I have doubts there. And then and then Mark Fletcher um, he just seems really high on Florida right now, and it's going to take. Uh, you know, a lot of convincing and persuading for him to, um, you know, to veer our way uh, to Miami. So I, I, I think they're, I think, I think it's 60 40 um, with Miami being 40 with both those two guys at this point. But, you know, we'll see how, how it, it turns out uh, once the weekend ends. Um, another unfortunate happening that happened this week is five-star receiver of the 2024 class jeremiah smith player that we're very familiar with here at kings county committed to ohio state now ohio state has always been kind of one of those teams that have been one of his favorites for a while so i'm not surprised that he committed to ohio state but i'm surprised at the timing of it you know, um, I'm surprised that that he decided at this time to to commit to Ohio State with an entire year left um, of his process. So it, it's it's a concern because obviously this is a player that Miami wants, and you know, there's a lot of other players on that Chaminade team a state championship team that um, Miami is targeting as well. So it could be a potential fallout of other players maybe going to Ohio State as well. I know Ohio State is also looking at Josiah Trader as well. Um, A lot of other players over there at Chaminade that Miami is targeting. Uh, What do you think about his decision and a potential fallout of those players going elsewhere? Yeah, so, I mean, the decision's not crazy surprising. We, we've talked about Ohio State potentially getting him uh, over the course of his recruitment. Uh, Brian Hartline has come down to South Florida and, and recruited the best receivers, and he's going to continue to do that. And he's been to Ohio State multiple times, Jeremiah Smith. So it's just one of those things. It's just one of those things where it happened early, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, I, I still think there's there's a year there's a year until the next early signing day. I think that if Miami wants to flip them, they still have a chance to. Um, Demarcus Van Dyke is one of the key recruiters in his recruitment. Um, you know, I've asked him who's the coach that you're closest with in recruiting, regardless of school, and he said Demarcus Van Dyke. So I think that uh, I think that's something that you know it, it pays dividends, and I think you know we're going to probably see Demarcus Van Dyke potentially return the, to the field. Um, this year, um, I think that's something you know that's going to happen. Um, and if that happens, I think he's going to have more of an influence on on these Miami Yards Ravens kids. Um, now, with the impact that it has, I think it takes some of the shine off of uh, the Miami Yards Ravens kids ending up at Miami, right? The JoJo Traders, uh, you know, the Davion Gauses, you know, even his teammates Zaquan Patterson at Chaminade. Uh, you know, these are all key targets, um, and obviously, I think they want to play as a group. Um, and if they're not playing as a group at, at Miami, I think it definitely takes the percentage down a little bit on uh, them potentially ended up in Miami. Yeah, um, 
you know, to be honest, you know, I, I could see CJ Bailey possibly not being in Miami's class. I could see Davion Goss possibly not being in Miami's class. But I think JoJo Trader is uh, is a player that Miami really wants. And Zaquan Patterson, I think those two Miami is, is really targeting more so than the other players on that Chaminade squad. So those are the worries for me. Um, so just Josiah Trader, you know, follow, you know, potentially maybe following his boy to Ohio State. And then uh, Zaquan Patterson just – uh, I don't think Ohio State's in the cards for him. It's likely Georgia is is the other contender there for for Zaquan, but potentially him going somewhere as well. So we'll continue to monitor that, of course, throughout the year. Caneyscounty.com will be at the high school championships uh, here in Florida at, at Dry Pink Stadium, Fort Lauderdale, this weekend. So we'll be covering... All the games uh, that involve Miami targets, which would be, you know, St. Thomas versus Homestead, American Heritage versus Central, Venice versus Lakeland, and Columbus versus Apopka. Uh, so CanesCounty.com will be there uh, giving you exclusive co- coverage of the of the state champ- second week of the state championships as Shaman, I'd like to mention, already a state champion. And they'll be playing Bishop Gorman this week in a national profile game. So hopefully they come back uh, home with the dub. But uh, which which uh, game uh, or are you most excited about as far as uh, the state championships starts tonight? Uh, St. Thomas versus Homestead. And we finally get South Florida versus South Florida. So we finally get real championship games. You know, usually we'll have these type of games maybe two or three weeks away from the championship game and then they just kind of cruise to a title uh south florida teams do so homestead is a good team and um that's a team that you and i both like a lot they've got a lot of you know great players up and down their roster including their uh, quarterback uh townsend and um um uh, what's uh what's, what's brown they got Isaac Brown, Richard Dandridge. Richard Dandridge, that's the name that that I was trying to trying to find. Richard Dan Dandridge is, is definitely a player that that I like a lot, and I think he he, he has potential to, uh, you know, make some plays tonight. Uh, but you know, just overall, your your assessment on the state championships uh, coming up this weekend. It's awesome for us because as South Florida faithfuls. We want to see South Florida go against South Florida in the, in the top game, right? And I think this is the first time in the history of the state of Florida that we're getting to see two games where it's two South Florida teams going against each other. So, you know, the game that intrigues me the most, though, I think that Homestead-St. Thomas game is going to be a much better game than people think. Uh, you know, Homestead's trying to get their bike back. They're trying to get their bike back from last year in that in that rough loss against St. Thomas. Uh, but – uh, you know, I, I'm excited about that Heritage Central game, man. It, it's 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 Rock Block versus versus uh, Heritage, you know. And and this is a game that happened last year. Heritage is also looking to get uh, some redemption here. Uh, Blake Murphy's going to be playing. That's going to be a huge difference. Mark Fletcher's fully healthy. Uh, you know, it, it's it's going to be a it's going to be a battle of two of the top ten teams in the country. And and it's been a game that we've been talking about all year long, right? It's it's Brandon Ennis, Mark Fletcher. Uh, Blake Murphy, 
uh, Damian Fagan, Damari Brown, right? It's it's who's who on that American Heritage side. And then you got the Ruben Baines, the Kiwan Jenkins. You got the Stan Quan Clarks, the Louine McCoys. It's it, it's it's Division One kids at almost every single spot on the field. And I think it's going to be, you know, kind of a recruiting opportunity for Miami as well to be looking on and seeing a, the future of the program. I think there are a ton of 25 and 2026 kids that are going to be lighting things up, like Malachi Tony, um, obviously Randy Adarika, who's a six foot four, 255 pound defense tackle at Central. There, there's just so much talent on the field, two coaching staffs that are trying to uh, cap off great seasons. And, and that's the game that that is going to be uh, is going to be targeted for me as as the potential game of the year. Yeah, absolutely. And if we could just kind of run down all the players um, that, that uh, Miami is looking at, uh, of course, you got Chance Robinson um, that uh, off from St. Thomas that Miami is looking at 2024 wide receiver, uh, 2024 linebacker, Nick Rodriguez. Um, and then also uh, they're still looking at Conrad Hussey, all, although that seems like it's not going to be something that comes to fruition for Miami. Uh, from what I hear, the top two teams are, you know, obviously he's committed to Penn State and then Florida State has kind of moved up past Miami for Conrad Hussey, the four-star safety. And um, as far as Homestead is concerned, any potential guys on Homestead uh, that Miami is looking at um, or that we should be looking out for? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, Cortez Mills is a name in 2025 receiver that Miami fans need to know. Uh, he's a six foot two receiver right now. Uh, two years of, of really good production for Homestead. Um, he's a borderline top 100 recruit, double digit offer sheet, uh, you know, makes unbelievable one handed catches on the regular. Uh, so he's a guy that, uh, you know, I, I think is going to be, uh, you know, a Miami push as potentially the top receiver in his class for South Florida. Um, Isaac Brown is an intriguing name for me um, just because the Louisville staff shuffling might have opened things up. He just picked up an offer to Kentucky and actually posted it uh, despite being committed to Louisville. Um, so, you know, I, I think that, you know, those are two guys that on that Homestead team that could be could be Miami targets going forward. All right. So we'll, we'll move on to the next game, which is. Obviously, I think the biggest game of the weekend, American Heritage versus Miami Central. Uh, it, it's a big game for a lot of reasons because, like you said, uh, two South Florida powerhouses, you could ar argue that they're, you know, that they are the maybe the, you know, top two teams or, or three teams or, or top three teams in the state. And you could argue that they're the two of the top five teams in the nation. Uh, of course, we've got Ruben Bain for Miami Central, Miami Commit. It's good to say that. Cool. It's just good to just even say that. <laughs> Miami Commit, Ruben Bain, now that he's committed to Miami. Um, and then you've got some other players like Ezekiel Marcin, Marcelin, uh, 2025 kid that Miami is potentially looking at. And then, of course, on the other side, American Heritage, you've got the five-star receiver, Brandon Ennis, Committed to Ohio State, expected to sign with Ohio State next week. We've already talked about defensive back Damari Brown. And also Damian Fagan uh, is, is, uh, is a player that, you know, from the last time I spoke to him, that Miami was still 
you know, in contact with him. Um, but he is still committed to NC State. So, um, and then you've got um, Malachi, Tony, uh, 2025 outstanding receiver, just got offered by Alabama uh, last night. And um, any any other potential players from that from that game that you kind of want to point out that Miami is looking at targeting? I'm sorry, say that one more time. Any other players from that game uh, that um, that uh, I didn't mention that uh, Miami is uh, targeting central? So, and, uh, so not so not targeting yet for Heritage. I mean, listen, we know Malachi Tony, we know Byron Lewis, who just picked up Alabama offers and are going to be you know some of the better players in the country, uh, regardless of class, starting next year. Um, but you know, on that central side, the, a player that intrigues me is is Karan Maycock, a six foot one, one hundred eighty pound safety out of Miami Central freshman uh, who, you know, was a was a starter for the entire season, um, was one of the better players on that Miami Central team, like 40 tackles, double-digit double tackle for loss, forced a few turnovers, uh, was explosive at the point of contact. He really kind of fits that Zaquan Patterson type mold as, a, as an overhang type player uh, with some coverage skills due to just strong athletic traits. Um, so, you know, I, I, I love that you know, that he's a local kid and, and, you know, Miami hasn't really been picking up on the freshman uh, players, uh, you know, as of lately, I don't think, I think college football has kind of shifted away from, you know, those crazy early offers like that, unless the kid is just on a huge, you know, hype train. Uh, and, um, you know, I think Karan Maycock is going to be one of those kids that Miami recruits, especially if they're going to continue running a four, two, five scheme going forward. Um, and then obviously the other kid is Randy Adarika that I touched on before. I think he is a freak of all freaks. He's been under the tutelage of Ruben Bain for a year now. Uh, everything I heard, he's been grinding silently with Ruben Bain after practice, kind of been, you know, taking a, a you know, an under the wing type role. Uh, and, and that type of relationship is going to be something that is going to factor in his recruitment. Um, so, you know, I, I love that. He, uh, he's also a local kid because I think he's going to be a huge riser in recruiting. He's already got double-digit offers as well. And if you watch him on the field, he passes that eye test easy. Yeah, I totally agree with you uh, on him as well. So we'll move on to the next game, which is uh, Lakeland and Venice. Interesting game uh, to, you know, to see, like, who comes out of, as the victor uh, here. Um, but we do have, of course – five-star cornerback Miami commit Cormani McLean in this game, as well as Miami target now Shadarian Harrison, uh, pick commit also uh, in this game. Um, of course, uh, Tyler Johnson, who was a, was a, was a uh, Miami target at one point, now committed to Georgia, will be playing in this game as well. And also uh, a one-time uh, Miami target uh damon wilson on the other side of venice will be also playing in this game as well any other any other miami targets from both of those schools um i mean we know about the, we know about the miami targets uh for columbus pretty much it's no this it, is a uh, lakeland and venice oh lakeland and venice lakeland and venice my apologies um with lakeland it's it's shadarian harrison shadarian harrison who's Who's that Miami target at cornerback? If they don't get Demory Brown, I think I think he's he's a high potential guy. Demarcus Van Dyke saw him in person, get, grabbed two interceptions, um, you know. And there's a strong relationship there with him and Cormani McLean. 
Um, you know, so I, I think he's on flip watch from Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, he did mention, um, you know, that the staff is recruiting him hard. And he talked about uh, talking business with, with uh, the, you know, the teams that are recruiting him. So I think that means NIL is going to be a factor in his recruitment a little bit. And I think that puts Miami in a good position. Um, other Lakeland kids, I don't really think there's anybody else uh, in Venice. Um, you know, it's, it's Damon Wilson, and I don't think they're on him like that right now, you know, especially with Ruben Bain committing. And, and I don't really see any other Venice kids as, as big-time targets uh, for, for Miami going forward right now. And then the last game of the weekend, which is uh, Columbus and Apopka, uh, a rematch of uh, a couple of years ago where Columbus, in a very, very thrilling game, I was there on the field when it happened, uh, when Columbus won their first state championship game that was a game one of the best games i've ever seen um you know as far as a high school game popka was basically going in for the game winning touchdown and then it, it gets or potentially the game clinching touchdown and, and it just gets called back on a holding penalty and then columbus comes storming back and wins the game on a last second two-point conversion it was crazy it was a crazy crazy game um so now we get these, th this uh, matchup again. Columbus, as we know, uh, Cristobal and, and offensive line coach Alex Mirabal's alma mater, as well as Alonzo's Highsmith as well. Uh, this is a pipeline that Miami wants to continue. And, of course, they've got some guys there that they are targeting, including TJ Capers, the five-star linebacker, as well as defensive lineman uh, Daylon Russell, um, are, are Columbus targets as well. Um, but, uh, well, what are, what are some of the other guys that, um, that are on the Columbus squad that, uh, Miami are potentially targeting? Underclassman wise, it's, you know, Hector Chavez, the, the 2025 linebacker. Love that and, kid. He's yeah. Awesome. Love that kid. A little undersized, but you couldn't tell by the way he plays an explosive at the point of contact. Uh, coaches rave that he might be the best defensive player on the team. Uh, you know, he, he, he does. He, yeah, he's he's a great player. Uh, you know, you hear Setter and talk about him publicly on, on social media about how good he is. Uh, you know, and, and that's a guy that obviously knows how to evaluate talent. He was on the Alabama coaching staff. <laughs> so, uh, you know, he, he's he's a player that uh, I think Miami's going to continue to recruit and, uh, you know, kind of evaluate going forward. Um, Jose Leon, uh, you know, hasn't picked up that Miami interest yet, but slot receivers, you need them, right? Especially in the new age of spread offenses. And I, and I think he fits the mold of that Xavier Restrepo and Braxton Berrios. Uh, fast, fast, fast player, good hands, good routes, uh, program type guy, hard worker. Uh, he broke his collarbone and he's already back for this game. Uh, so that's, that's he's a huge for this game. He's back for this game. He's back for this game. That, and, that, and that's just a huge credit to the type of player that he is, right? Like he wanted to get back so bad, you know, that that he went through his process, right? Got healthy, right? And, and obviously, you know, God willing, got healthy enough to be able to play in the state championship game despite being injured in the first round of the playoffs. Um, so, you know, I, I, and, I don't know about that, Frank, man, like a collarbone injury is usually like you're, you're out for months, if not the whole damn entire season. I, don't well, I think it was a fracture. I think it was a fracture. I think it was a fracture in his collarbone, not, a, not a total break. 
um, just like a, you know, probably like a hairline fracture and it healed up. And usually they tell you to lay off it for a little bit, even after it's healed, just because there's chance for re-injury. But the kid wants to play for his team. Kid wants to play for his team. And, and uh, you know, he was cleared to play. Um, and, you know, he'll be he'll be back for the state championship game. And I think that's going to be a huge impact player for Columbus in this game. And I think he's going to show on the biggest stage why why uh, Miami needs to be recruiting him. So I think those are the two guys that are like not known uh, maybe to, to Miami fans at this point. Uh, you know, they're kind of like the unknown, uh, you know, s- superstars of South Florida in a way. And, um, you know, I think those are going to be two guys that Miami's going to be recruiting going forward. Yeah, another player to just kind of uh, look look out for is um, Trajan Bandy's brother, man. Um, the, the kid, you know, he just makes plays. And um, uh, so that's another player to kind of watch for in this game. Had three interceptions in a game I watched um, um, in the playoffs. So he, he he's another potential that could be looking down the line. Um, so – that's that's pretty much it for the state championships. Uh, it's going to be down here in, in Fort Lauderdale at the Inter Miami Soccer Stadium. Looking forward to those games, and uh, that's going to wrap it up for the Storm Tracker podcast. Remember to follow us on on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook. Of course, subscribe to the website for exclusive information at canescounty.com, and make sure you also follow us on youtube for exclusive videos we'll be providing exclusive videos from from uh, the state championships throughout the entire weekend until next episode